Going to throw here to Parker at the 20, at the 15, at the 10, at the 5. He is almost. He got a touchdown! He got a touchdown! He got a touchdown! He got a touchdown! He got it in! He got it in! He got it in! Oh, doctor! Well, howdy, guys. Welcome back to the Red Ass Podcast. Uh, we are officially in November. Uh, and was uh, remembering yesterday, the 5th of November, of course, the Gunpowder Treason and Plot, the old mm. classic for uh, any of you V for Vendetta people who might be paying attention to that. Anyway, I'm uh, Rob White, class of 14. Yeah, this is Roy May, fighting Texas Aggie, class of 2015. Yeah, and uh, well, we are in November, and uh, certainly a little different feeling than how everything was looking in August. Uh, yeah, well, we, yeah, unfortunately, we've had to play football games between then and now. Um, right. Yeah, you're sitting at five and four. You're staring seven and five in the face. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I don't know. I don't, I, I haven't seen our quarterback. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, you know, huge tip of the cap to, um, huge respect for Max Johnson, gutting it out, broken mm-hmm. ribs. Like that's, uh, that's the epitome of grit. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, I just think, you know, the game was tough. It was a tough game to watch. Um, you know, when you sit and you kind of let it sit for 24 hours and you come back to it, it's still kind of tough to swallow, uh, which is really what the losses this year have all been. It's tough to swallow. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the pe- people that are going to be super positive out there will tell you that, you know, it's, you know, Alabama, Tennessee, Old Miss. Um, you know, all, all those teams, we were, what, within a score. But the reality is, is we didn't get it done. So I don't really care. Like, I don't really care for the moral victories. Um, the reality is we weren't good enough to get it done. And mm-hmm. and that just, you know, yet again on Saturday, we saw it. Um, you know, and, and again, we don't get out to a fast start. Uh, Old Miss does, which was somewhat expected with their offense. Um, but, uh, you know, come rolling back a little bit in the second quarter, you know, at halftime, I, th- I thought you kind of had to feel good about where you were just because, you know, it's, um, you know, you're down not even a touch, you know, 20 to 14 uh, going into the, going to the locker room, but um, but you're not able to do anything with it. And then every time you punch, Ole Miss punched back. Mm-hmm. And so you're really just at that point you were trading touchdowns, which obviously, you know, you're never going to catch out. You're finally able to get some stops um, or like a stop, you know, you're able to, uh, well, you know, there's some stops, plural. Um, you know, you're able to to pull it close and you're able to pull ahead, but you know that, you know, there's still time left. This is still an old miss offense that can move. Um, and you don't roll over and let them score by any means, but um, but it was just kind of frustrating how everything ended up on the defensive side of the ball, especially with the ejection. And mm. um I don't have any problem really with the officiating, honestly. Um, I, I thought it was bad both ways, so it was fair. It's mm-hmm. SEC officiating, so it's not going to be good. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, I thought it was it was level. I, I don't think anybody like the game wasn't lost on a crap call or anything like that. Um, mm-hmm. Not that I firmly believe in you know that being a thing, but uh, yeah, you know, just an absolute brutal interception when you're driving and you get nothing out of it, and then um, and then just I mean, like it's it was watching the Cowboys and the Aggies at the end of the game. It was like the same, you know, you, you have the ball to win the game and you just, you refuse to march forward with it. You're marching backwards. Um, so it's just another frustrating loss. And, and I get that it was another, it was the number 10 team in the country and you were on the road, but like I've been to Old Miss twice. It's not that intimidating of an environment. It's just not. No. Um, you had the talent to win it. You had every opportunity to win it, as a matter of fact. Not just the talent. I mean, we saw out there on the field, you literally had opportunities to win this ball game, and you just kind of shit the bed a little bit, um, or a lot bit, however you want to mm. look at it. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, it's just another frustrating loss and another frustrating loss in the Jimbo tenure, and it's just kind of, you know, you get numb to it, and I think we've hit a level of apathy in the fan base that is wildly dangerous. Um, but I'm also not sitting here with $70 million to go say, let's buy them out right now. So, I mean, I guess we could talk about the game itself, but. Well, obviously the biggest issues I've found uh, throughout this game was, I mean, virtually every phase had a struggle point. Um, offensively, yeah. of course. I mean, yeah, we did put up a lot of points. I mean, you, you scored 35 and, you know, thanks obviously to special teams kicking it off with that blocked field goal return. Uh, that was good to see, of course. Um, you know, 
I'll, I'll despite the fact that we don't have a special teams coach, which may or may not. Which reared its ugly head again. Yeah, which very, very much so uh, reared its ugly head late in the game. And it just felt throughout the matchup, um, there was just constant issues. And the thing that we talked about previously, um, defensively, we've looked pretty decent. Obviously, with the front seven, our biggest issue has been, of course, uh, exploiting our corners exploiting our you know, our deep threat essentially and unfortunately that was the case once again another team you know like uh Miami did like Alabama did and Tennessee to an extent they exploited matchups they did very well to punish the on the defensive side of the ball so it's just every week we find a new creative way to lose these games in a heartbreaking fashion and it's killing me yeah, it, it reminds me a lot of the Texans. I mean, it seems like they find really creative ways to, to blow games. Um, obviously, this past weekend, they were able to pull it off. Uh, mm-hmm. Amazing performance by C.J. Stroud. Yeah, no but, kidding. Um, yeah, I mean, your offense scored 28 points, which, I mean, I mean, you'd love to be over 30, but, you know, you put out 28 points. I, I thought the defense just got absolutely destroyed during certain parts of the game. Um I thought the play calling, defensive play calling in the first half was interesting. Um, and, but, you know, when you're talking about exploiting corners, I mean, on one side, we were down to what, I guess the third string or the fourth string at one point. Yeah. Um, and, and it's, and it's been proven, you know, time and time again this year that DeBerry's not the answer at corner. Um, he's not, uh, he's a good defensive back, but uh, he's not a corner. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a he's a nickelback, and uh, and he just got actually torched. Was, uh, Trey Trey Harris just embarrassed the secondary. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, again, a lot of that stuff was Jackson Dart just throwing the ball up because our secondary was so poorly out of place mm-hmm. that literally all he had to do was throw the ball. Mm-hmm. You know, and Jackson Dart's uh, he's talented, so it's not hard for him to get it in the general vicinity of a receiver, mm-hmm. and it's easy to do that as a quarterback when you know that the defensive back's not even going to pull it down. They're back, in fact, not even going to make a play on the ball for the most part. We didn't see a whole of pass breakups. Um, what we saw is receivers wanting running wide open with our defensive backs trying to catch up. And, you know, when dart underthrew it enough, our defensive backs were bad enough to create pass interference. So the, the secondary needs uh, just a thousand percent overhaul. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, and you're at this, you're at a point in the season and you're at a point kind of in the tenure where it's time to start talking about, you need to can the defensive backs coach, um, you know, obviously defensive line and linebacker, you'd love to keep him. You need to can the offensive line coach. Um, you probably need to have a real long talk with the wide receiver coach because they still don't seem to understand spacing. They don't seem to understand their routes. None of them really understand what they're doing. Uh, that's one of the most frustrating things on the planet. You're nine games in and your wide receivers look like it's spring ball. They don't know what routes and what depth they're supposed to be running. Um, it's just, it's, it's fascinating to me how many flaws there are and you still lose by only three points on the road. Um, so, you know, all of that is, you know, assuming that you're going to keep your head coach. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's kind of, you know, he's kind of run out of uh, out of mulligans and really firing position coaches is your mulligans. You know, position yeah, coaches and coordinators that, that, you know, those are your mulligans. So, I mean, if he really wants to half gut the staff, I guess he could. But, you know, then you run into the problem of, you know, everybody sees it and everybody sees what's what's happening. Who wants to come coach for him? No, who wants Knowing to come coach for him? He may not be there but a year. Well, I mean, who wants to come coach and who wants to come play for it? Because at this point, you're looking at even with the recruiting, which has been like the one argument I've heard consistently, of course. Oh, but Jimbo recruiting, but Jimbo recruiting. That's great. If we don't win games, it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, results matter in the eyes of people who want to come play here and who want to come coach here. Well, so, and you can get all the talent in the world, and and I think that's even a bigger indictment. Like if you have all this talent and you're still losing games, then clearly, at that point, it's really easy to point the point the finger. Um, and I'm not one of those guys like I want a bunch of three stars that want to be Aggies. No, I want I want four and five stars, but I want somebody that's going to coach them up properly to where they can. Oh, you know what? Execute. Well, execute. He, he says it a lot, and he doesn't coach it. Well, and I mean saying it. And, and speaking doesn't reflect action, and we need action at this point. If you're going to instill any sort of confidence back in this fan base, and I think the only way you possibly do that is go down the stretch, win all three of these games in extremely convincing fashion, and 
knowing the quarterback. Yeah. With your third string quarterback and the additional issues that have maintained. So in other words, the likelihood of that happening is a big fat zero in my head. I could be wrong. All I know for sure, maybe Blake Bost goes out there and has an absolutely phenomenal game. If it's Bost, Mississippi. I don't even know. I think it, it's Henderson. It, about I think to, it might be Henderson. It might know. be Henderson. I truly don't know who the next quarterback is, and that is such a crazy thought. No idea. Well, and and yet again, here we are on our third string quarterback. Again. Okay. Again. Here's another, here's another indictment. What, what's that? Nine quarterbacks that have started games that have had to leave due to injury in the last eight years what is going on i thought you were going to say in the last two years because it's because it's what <laughs> it's uh what this will be our sixth starting quarterback in two years in two years yep that's Gotta exciting because be. it, it was three last year and it would be three this year so uh, and the one before that would have been two eight so maybe nine in the last three years yeah i'm trying to remember who knows? It, all I know for sure is the number is astounding, and yeah. it's and it's a bad reflection on offensive line scheme because if you have if and you can't pro- well and offensive linemen, but if you can't if you're not protecting you know, your most valuable commodity on the field, which is the quarterback offensively, you're not doing your damn job. I'm going to push point. my collar back. I'm getting all hot in the neck thinking about that <laughs> offensive line. Well, it, and I think that's what's most frustrating is it. Well, and you know what? In the old Miss game, it was, it made it even worse because at one point in the old Miss game, we just established the run and just kind of lined up and ran, ran the ball. Like, where the hell has that been all year? I mean, where the hell has that been? And I thought, I thought Owen showed some fun flashes. I think Daniels is a fantastic back. Moss is obviously a stud. I haven't heard anything on the injury. I didn't watch the press conferences say so I don't do today, so I don't know about that. Yeah. Um, and flip side of the ball, I don't know what the SEC rules are. I don't know if Shamar Turner is automatically out of next game or what. I don't know what those kind of things are. I yeah. would guess he I would guess he is. I don't know. Um, you know, this is the NFL where we can appeal it. Yeah, at least for a half, right? Because I mean, when did he get ejected? Second second half? Yeah, so, well, yes, yeah, it's fourth quarter, wasn't it? Yeah, so we wouldn't see him until the second half of Mississippi State. If well, and those and, are the targeting rules, so I don't know if it applies the same. Maybe, and for all we know for sure, uh, Jimbo very well may have his own internal um, punishment that he may hand down. So who knows? I'd be surprised to see him in the first half. If the conference gets involved, I'd be surprised to see him uh, at in the Mississippi State game at all. Yeah, I think yeah. they give him a one one game. If he had just if he'd have just punched him in the junk, I think he could maybe make a case. But then when he followed with a right cross, um, so I mean, it's a good combo. It's a good combo. So update as of 1.16 p.m., uh, Jimbo Fisher said no additional discipline from the SEC or the team oh. is coming for Shamar Turner. Turner will be available to play versus Mississippi State. So, Well, that's good news. But I mean, answers that question. Yeah, Because he's an animal. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, – but yeah, it was it was just frustrating to see that happen. Like not smart, but uh, it was it was frustrating to see like all of a sudden the light goes on and you're in game nine in the second half and the light has gone on and you're and now the question is, was it the light going on for the offensive lineman or the light going on for the coordinator calling the right protections at least the ones that they can pull off? Mm-hmm. Now don't get me wrong, it's not like Old Miss is some sort of massive run stopper, but you really haven't done that against anybody. You really haven't lined the ball up and just crammed it down their throat when they knew you were going to run. And so it makes it even more frustrating to know that they can do it. Mm-hmm. And so I, if I would have left Adazio on the tarmac, um, even though they had a good game, I would have left him on the tarmac a couple games ago, quite mm-hmm. frankly. Yeah. Um, if he's still here next year, th- like there will be rioting in the streets quite possibly. Um, mm-hmm. the, the, the offensive line has been – and and it's, it's compounded by the fact that we're Aggies and we really do like having good offensive lines. Like our two favorite things are good offensive line and good linebackers. That's our favorite things as Aggies, right? Oh, no doubt. Um, I would say those two plus, I mean, honestly, I love having a damn good punter just personally. Cause I oh, mean, that's, that's I was something to get to that, but all right, we'll <laughs> dive into that. I mean, that's just something that we've, like I said, we've talked about it on the podcast before we've had those one well, kickers too and kickers, of course. And, we could go over that final kick at the end of the game, of course, but I mean that's just an inch. You know, playing for the inches, right? The old catchphrase. Well, 
that's well within his range. It is. And I, people are saying he got tipped. I don't I don't know because the rotation of the ball looked like it didn't get tipped, quite frankly. Yeah. I, um, it, it looked like it was end under end. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not the guy that goes back and watches stuff when I'm like, I don't want to see that game again. I don't want to see a single play of that game again. Yeah. Um, uh, one final update for you here. So Jimbo Fisher on Max Johnson. He is unavailable for Mississippi State. Yeah. Um, uh, it's Jimbo Fisher on if Max Johnson is unavailable. Jalen Henderson would be the next quarterback, and he and Marcel Reed would Reed. play. They okay. are the three, they are three and four. So, okay. Yeah. And say, you haven't seen anything about Moss? They haven't said anything. No, at least not from what I've seen yet. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's it's frustrating. Well, but then you, know, you go back to the offensive execution. And, it, I mean, it, first of all, the field goal should have been closer. But we mm-hmm. managed to go backwards. Mm-hmm. Um, we get lucky that a pick's not a pick because, you know, that's why defensive backs are backs and not receivers, right, because they can't catch. Because yep. right. that dude that, – that ball hit that dude in a bread basket. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, – it's just it's just compounding everything, and that's and that's our bright spots. Literally, these are our bright spots for this season so far. Both of our linebackers, mm-hmm. in fact, Edge York, and you know what? Russell has played well when he's been in. When he's rotated mm-hmm. in, I th- I think our linebackers and obviously our defensive line have been fantastic. Mm-hmm. The fact that Edge got left off uh, uh, the semifinals award is just laughable uh, in the in the least. It happens every and year I, too, and I can't really say that there's been a bright spot in the wide receiving core. That's been a consistent bright spot. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's been fun to see different guys step up in different games, mm -hmm. but I mean, I guess Connor was a bright spot, but we don't get to see him, you know? So, you know, yet again, our starting quarterbacks out. And at some point you have to realize that it's systemic of a culture or a program or however you want to word it. If you consistently get your first string quarterback hurt and you're talking about three years in a row, it's probably not the quarterback. No, that that's what we like to call a trend, you know, and we've seen and this a good trend and it's not a good trend. So uh, clearly there's a lot of things that have to change on that front and whether it will or not under this current coaching staff, yet to be seen, probably unlikely. And then the question is, is you know, when this coaching staff changes, because it's a win and right now it's a win, not an F. And quite frankly, if mm-hmm. you went out and beat LSU, who cares about eight or seven wins? Yeah. Who really cares? I mean, is there really a difference? Well, because here's here's the way they're beating all, LSU, I guess. No, the the way the argument would go down is if we win these next three, the question's going to be, okay, where was that in the middle of the season? You know, yeah. Well, and that there, happens be arguments. Time. You can make arguments either way. Like, oh, okay, well, they finally gelled. Okay, I'm not, I'm not listening to that argument at all. No. And not to mention, we will have done at least some of it with a third string quarterback, which will make absolutely no sense and makes a case for no one. Absolutely no one. And it's just not going to be a very beneficial situation for the fan base down this stretch at this point. I mean, there's not much else for us to say that we haven't already seen. And we already know where this particular road is probably headed. Quit beating the horse. He's dead already. Yeah. Um, yeah and so then then that this is the big discussion, right? And I've probably seen this phrase more than anything in the past, what, 48 hours or so. Um just go ahead and rip the Band-Aid off, right? That's that's kind of been a very favorite phrase for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm going to come at this with the, un- like, this would be under the assumption that the money is ready, right? Okay? Because I'm not the one writing that kind of check. Um, God bless those that do. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, so okay, so you rip the Band-Aid off. There's a ton of positive and negative. Positive is, look, we're just ready to move on. I think everybody can see it. Literally everyone can see it in the lo- inside the locker room, in the stands, on TV, across the country, people just watching from afar and seeing highlights. This experiment has run its course. So you're at the Band-Aid off. All right, well, what happens? You lose a recruiter and you lose a bunch of recruits. Well, you know, we weren't winning with them anyways. Right. Um, now, I think you have to look at something very aggressive on the NIL front to counteract that, which means we have to raise even more money, mm-hmm. but to keep as many dudes in the fold as you can. And remember that maybe not all these recruits came because of Jimbo. Maybe they came because of their position coach. Mm-hmm. Um, and now if any of them came for Adazio, they can leave with him. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, seriously. Um, yeah. But like, I mean, obviously, if you get a new coach, you have no idea which coordinators and, and position coaches are going to stay anyways. 
Um, I think Petrino can because he honestly thought that he'd be able to turn it around. I don't mm-hmm. think Petrino had any idea how bad uh, Adazio would be at his job. I don't. Well, I don't think any of us knew it, like it was going to be that bad because it is like bad, bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I mean, so it's you either reset now or you reset in a year. And if the difference is seven and a half million, then the question becomes: Is it good to save that seven and a half million? Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, what can you honestly expect out of next year's results? Um, because even if he's willing to make a couple of position or staff uh, position coach changes, um, how, you know, what what can you accomplish? You know, how quickly can you accomplish that without what looks like needs to be a full, like, full sale assault on the transfer portal? Mm-hmm. Right? I yeah, mean, you're, you're asking for a, a laundry list of events to take place in, in a very short period of time. In, in a system at this point that we've sh- seen doesn't work. So uh, the question isn't, it, it is, it feels like desperation is if we're going to go down that road. And, but at what point is it not desperation? I mean, at what yeah. point is it a good business decision? I mean, it's not, I, and I get that firing a coach mid season really does nobody any good. Mm-hmm. Um. So, and I'm not necessarily saying like, Canem this week. I'm saying this isn't an end of the season firing. It this is. isn't like leave him in Baton Rouge kind of thing. Um, so this is like this is saying when the season is over, you can him, right? Because mm-hmm. if you can't in midseason, I don't think there's anything to be gained. I think you you mm-hmm. do have a, a much quicker exodus of people in the portal just because they're like, well, if the program's quitting on, then I'm quitting too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't there, there's so there's really nothing to gain, I think, by canning him right now. Um and I, I mean, again, it'd be coming off a three-point loss on the road to the number ten team in the country. That's that's a bit of a hard sell from it a is. perception from a perception standpoint. And you also have to remember that as a program and an athletic department, you create your own perception when it comes to wanting to hire people, and that mm-hmm. has and you know, and that overflows into all the other sports as well. Like, do I really want to deal with this school and this AD that does coaches like this? Mm-hmm. Well, I don't think there's anything wrong with firing position coaches in the middle of the season. No, I think that's a perfectly understandable thing because that can fairly easily be supplemented to other either parts of the staff or you know elsewhere at this point. Because well, it, oddly, oddly enough, when you still have some games left, I mean, sometimes maybe it galvanizes some dudes. You know? It might, yeah. I mean, maybe dude just possible. maybe maybe whoever you move into that position just goes, "Look, we're going to do nothing but zone blocking for the next three weeks, and that's it." Mm-hmm. That's and it. it, and it might work. And then yeah, it block might be... the guy in front of you, and if the guy in front of you does a stunt with the other guy, then when the other guy's in front of you, block him. Mm-hmm. That's it. Like right. electric football. Remember old electric football? You just set mm-hmm. the five dudes, and they all just yeah. That was that's zone blocking. Just do that. Mm-hmm. In fact, I've got an electric football set up in the uh, up in the attic. If they need me to bring it up to Bright, I'm happy to do so. Of course, I used to have one. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, have I... all all the NFL teams like basically 2002 on. So all the current ones. I randomly found mine in the attic when I was getting Halloween decorations. And I was like, yes. And mine's old, old. Right. Like, I think it was my dad's. So it's like, <laughs> it's outstandingly bad. Um, but uh, yeah. So, I mean, you, you know, we're just kind of at it. We're kind of in purgatory right now for football because you're not going to can your coach in the middle of the series with games left. Mm. Um, I mean, you can fire some position coaches. You're not going to fire any coordinators, although it's already happening across the country. I don't think you're going to fire anybody because if he fires – Petrino, there'll be backlash that, oh, great, now you're taking the offense back. And we saw how that worked. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think, I don't, dang, I'm sure firing Durkin. I mean, I get I get that you gave a bunch of points to Ole Miss, but it is Ole Miss. And- well, and you gave up points. And, yeah, a lot. Uh, yes, we we saw, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm in a weird spot with Durkin right now because I, I want to <laughs> I, I be supportive because, yeah, we, we Saturday, been, t- the taste of Saturday is still in your mouth. Well, well, the taste of Saturday and just the perpetual issue that we've seen with the mismatches and not trying to play towards those a little better. I mean, you had to make one stop, like one stop, hold them short. And we can yeah. we can do that. And with the best defense in the SEC statistically. Number six defense in the country still gave up 38 points. Yes, it was on the road, but it doesn't matter. The fact is you were in that game. Everybody saw that, which is crazy to think that we were in that game. Well, and that's, and that's the other thought too, is, you know, you just had to make that one stop. 
you know, honestly, that stop could have come somewhere else in the game. And that's, you know, it that also have. feeds in the whole, like, a bad call on the last play doesn't decide the game. You should never should have been in the place where refs can win the game for you. Mm-hmm. But I thought it was interesting with, you know, Lane Kiffin scored on us, and he felt like he had to use a trick play to do it. Yeah. So I know that's on the defense, but, I mean, how do you scheme for, I mean, what's, I mean, really genius, fun little play call. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, because everyone we play aren't really big into trick plays. You don't you don't, don't see no. a ton of trick plays in the SEC. I don't know why, but it just kind of that's how it feels like. But that's how you you got to know going into the old Ole Miss. That's the way Lane Kevin likes to play ball, and so you got to go into there with the mindset. Unfortunately, it's like the worst possible matchup having Jimbo Fisher on one sideline and Lane Kiffin on the other, because Lane is just going to poke at you and just keep poking at you, and eventually pull off the win, which he's done. The last three times, and it's, yeah, it's driving me it's nuts. No longer, it's no longer eventually. Uh-uh. Um, he just flat owns him. Uh-huh. But I don't know. So we opened up at like 18 and a half, I think, against Mississippi State, which. That's a crazy high number for our offense. <laughs> that's completely insane with a third string quarterback. Yeah, yeah. Also that, unfortunately. But again, I think we talked about this at one point. Dude, just let it rip, man. Literally, what do you have to lose? What do you have to lose? We don't have anything to lose right now except Nothing. uh yeah. So you you're playing for a, a crappy bowl game or a slightly less crappy bowl game. That's basically where you're at at this point. Yeah. You've got a one in five Mississippi State coming into town, you know, and they've lost their last two. I mean, got absolutely destroyed by um old uh, Kentucky at home. So uh, you got to think Mississippi State is bad, bad, bad. Like they're mm-hmm. like, look, we're not bad, we're defunct. Yeah. But I mean, on talent alone, you should be able to push the Mississippi State around. Um, granted, I can't remember how many times I've said that in the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, so let I me, mean, well, now the line's showing, even on ESPN, it's showing at 19 and a half. So, I mean, at this point, Vegas likes us. And if we don't just go out there and blow the doors off of them, there's going to well, be a lot of people that are going to be a little less than enthused. Well, and that's that's the indictment really on Mississippi State. It, I mean, it's that's really just how bad they are. And it's mm-hmm. I still don't know why they ever went away from Leach's system, considering they had the coaches that were in Leach's system there. Um, they still have Will Rogers, who mm-hmm. feels like he's been there for like a 10 year contract. Feels um, like it. But yeah, I mean, at I, least I, at least he's been consistent. He's been there, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm right. Uh, but I'm also not going to sit here and even try and do any predictions. I didn't break this down mm-hmm. because, again, you know, apathy is taking control a little bit. And not to mention, like, I have other things in my life than to break down a Texas A&M Mississippi State football game. And, and honestly, that's where I'm at. Um, on talent alone, you should beat Mississippi State. You that's should. all I got. Yep. So that would be I'm just, ideal. I'm just I'm, I'm shocked that I'm shocked. I'm just shocked they didn't leave the leech offense installed, but. Because mm-hmm. I thought I thought that was going to be the rise of a new coach if he'd have just stuck with what he knew, mm-hmm. you know, when Leach had a system there. But I, you know, oh well, oh I well, suck. yeah. But hey, we uh, one thing that is starting to kind of kick off here tonight, um, we do have basketball season uh, getting back up into full swing. So yes, starts tonight at home at Reed Arena with mm-hmm. Commerce. Ags are 21-point favorites. This is one of those games. I was looking at this uh, uh, the other day. 7 p.m., by the way, if you're hearing this and you don't know when or you forgot that there was a game because Monday game's coming out of nowhere. Yep. Um, game tonight, 7 p.m., Reed Arena against Commerce. Um, so go pack Reed. This is one of those games where, you know, a couple years back, this is the these are the gimme games, right? Because there's a mm-hmm. lot of gimme games in non-conference in basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the – What's different in basketball is, you know, when you're trying to run your slate, you always have like an invitational or two that you're going to play. And then uh, you'll try and play a couple of big name games. And we have a couple of them on on the slate, obviously, for us non-conference. But this is one of those non-conference that you just go out there and roll them. And a couple of years back, these were not the games that we were as comfortable. kind of like football. Yeah. these, These are the games you should be blowing their doors off and you're not doing it. This basketball team is in a completely different place right now. And I heard somebody on the radio, uh, I think it was, might have been last week or the week before, just talking about the top, like when you talk about the top teams in the country over the last few years, they've been very veteran heavy. Mm-hmm. 
you know, the, the sign five freshmen and win a, win a trophy and all of them go to the NBA. Like those days seem to be leaving. Cause now that you have NIL kids can stick around a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they can try and win championships. And I think we, what is it like two seniors and two juniors and sophomore or something like that, um, where the starting five is. So you've got a ton of experience just in the starting five Wade Taylor, who's considered one of the best returning guards in basketball. And that's, that's from the national talking heads. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not that's not from Aguilane saying that. That's from this is one of the best point guards in the nation and that's returning. And you got to have a dude that can that can run the offense. And yep. and Wade Taylor's shown that he already can. So another year of experience certainly is not going to hurt. Um, nobody knows what's going on with Julius Marble. Um, all yeah. all you can hope is that whatever's going on, he gets it squared away and gets it fixed. Um, the one thing about it is, you know, if it's if it's academic. He does have a semester to get right because mm-hmm. basketball goes well into March. So yep. if it's just if it's purely academic, you know, maybe that's what he's having to hunker down on and get his grades right. You know, it's it's possible. Uh, I'm not going to speculate if it's anything else. Um, but so not having Marble, you know, ideally you'd love to have him, but uh, but this team is this this team is going to be a lot of fun to watch this year. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to Aggie basketball. Um, I don't think there's any reason not to, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, pack read propaganda out here. I might as well get out to the games because there's plenty of opportunities to watch and plenty of great games coming up this year uh, at home, which is always exciting. Yeah, and uh, another uh, another thing is talking about one of the best point guards in the nation, Andy Katz. If you watch college basketball, you know who Andy Katz is because he's a big-time writer for college, bas- for, uh, college basketball. Mm-hmm. And uh, he had Wade Taylor as the top returning junior in America. Not just point guard, like junior in America. Um, to to have that kind of experience at the point is, I don't know. I don't know what that kid's making in NIL, but we need to make sure he's making plenty more. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's, uh, I, I'm excited. I'm excited to watch Wade Taylor, but I'm excited to watch the whole team. You know, I, I think everybody has found just, and if you, didn't like him in the beginning because you didn't think we were winning enough games. Um, now that we're winning enough games, it's easier for people to come around that we're being mm-hmm. jerks about it. Buzz Williams is a fantastic human being. Um, he's exactly who you would want coaching your son on a mm-hmm. basketball team. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, I, I think it's exciting for – I think it's exciting for basketball fans. Uh, I, I am very curious about the women. Yeah, me too. Um, because last year was so tough because they played played so many games uh, with with basically a wildly depleted roster. I mean, they were only playing almost playing. I think six or seven people. They were down to that for weeks at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Joni Taylor's resume speaks for itself. Um, mm-hmm. The fact that she continuously is asked back to coach at the USA basketball level, mm-hmm. um, and so I'm excited for basketball season on both sides. Um, I don't know. I guess we'll just kind of see. But tonight's when it all starts. And it's on SEC Plus. So, I mean, if you got um, or ESPN Plus or whatever it is. But, yeah, I mean, if if you got a subscription, I'm sure I'll have the game on. Yep. I'm going to dinner. Uh, we're going out to dinner tonight. I'm going to dinner early so I can be home in time to watch a basketball game. Yeah, definitely go catch that. And then be sure to also catch the women. Uh, they are going to be going on November 9th. First game against A&M Corpus Christi. So, a uh, couple of good um system schools coming into town for games to kick off this week but excited well and and i'll say one thing so where the women's team is right now is where the men's team was a few years back sure so these are the games that when you go you're going to get a better idea and, and again like i would have to look if AM corpus christi the women's team was good because i know like the men were, were randomly good uh, a couple years back so i don't know if, if AM corpus christi on the women's side is any good but you know Obviously, as it gets close to the game, there'll be breakdowns you can find anywhere. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, if these are the games you're supposed to win, are we winning them? You know, is, is the program taking that next step? Because I think that's something that we we did see with Buzz is once he really kind of got settled and established here with his program and how things were going to run and who who was going to be here to run it with him. Um, you know, we've seen that increase in, in you know, in-game, you know, results. Mm-hmm. You know, get hosed out of the tournament. You know, so you're right there on the cusp of that year. Yeah, you know, almost won the NIT. Next year, you make the tournament, go up against a buzzsaw shooting, you know, shooting lights out Penn State team. Yep. Um, but that's progress. It is progress, and you have a shot at a little bit of redemption against Penn State early this season. You do. 
Yeah, yep. gonna gonna get them um, in one of those invitationals or attorneys or whatever they call them. Mm-hmm. Um, Down so in Florida. They, yeah, yeah, yeah. So basketball is, is yeah, that's right, down Florida. So basketball, a lot of excitement around basketball season. Um, so I don't even know if my daughter's going to go tonight. I don't, I don't know how much she's into basketball, even though she played it. I don't know. Good question. I don't know. Hey, she got a sports pass when she wants to. Hey, take advantage of it. And also, let's face it, uh, basketball games are fun. I enjoy going out to them. Um, takes a lot less time than football. It takes less time. Yeah. You've, you've got a little bit more. Um, honestly, I feel like a lot of in, in, you know, input for the game as far as energy, especially when you get Reed rocking. And we've seen it yeah. happen more than once. Uh, even in recent years when you know, we've been develop- redeveloping our basketball environment. If anybody remembers um, listening on the podcast, obviously going back to the Franchoni years in football, uh, a lot of people found themselves being drawn towards Reed Arena and uh, Turgeon. And of course, yep. uh, you know, because it goes on from there, you've developed this phenomenal uh, you know, atmosphere over there at Reed. And it maintained for many, many, many years. I hit a lull a little bit while I was in college, picked up again, you know, about the time that Caruso and that whole crew was cruising along, but. Yeah. Then it, then it dropped off a touch, but, and, and I've, I've said this plenty of times. I'm sure I've said it on here. You know, Aggie basketball fans are different than football. You do mm-hmm. the, the ones that are casual. If you start winning, they will start showing up yep. and they will start showing up in droves. Mm-hmm. So. And Reed is, I think, one of the worst basketball arenas on the planet because it's really not. It's really an event center. It's really not a basketball arena. The, the um, whole reason they built it was because of you know a good spot for muster, which is not a bad deal. I'm glad no. they did that. Of course, no. It, and the practice stuff that they have underneath is outstanding. Like I don't think you're ever gonna you know napalm Reed and start over. Um, <laughs> I think you're just gonna gonna build it somewhere else on campus. But, um, man. But even even as weird as Reed is for it being a, a college basketball arena, mm-hmm. when it's loud, it's loud because Aggies are loud. Yeah. So I, I, I like the idea. And this is something a, a friend of mine pitched was the idea of doing an off slight off campus for the next arena. But uh, basically put it kind of across the street from like where Harry's and whatnot is located there in the Northgate section is a big field out there in between there and century square they said put the arena right there and make it very much dual purpose you know treat it yes as basketball and everything else but truly make that like an event center for like concerts and stuff too that it would be more accessible than maybe people trying to screw around on campus but yeah i could see that but the thing you're gonna want to do is avoid sharing any sort of revenue and and, and trying to get a community to help pay for an arena i i think one option uh see i'm pro golf course so you're never going to hear me say to get rid of the golf course yeah i, I don't want to get rid of the golf course. but on the but on the northeast corner of campus um mm-hmm. i mean you can add a lot of parking there and still not infringe on bonfire memorial um mm-hmm. and you just got a lot of open grass over there that's true uh, not to mention there's a ton of open grass all over west campus mm-hmm. and i think what you can do is you put it on the fringes of campus you can still market it as an entertainment venue um, like all that grass out by the library, like mm-hmm. at George Bush in uh, 2018. I mean, why can't you just put an arena and a huge parking lot out there? Mm-hmm. And then you can market it to the community where they can come in and do things. And then AM is making money off it. And if you ever say we're going to make money off of it in a board of regents meeting, I'm sure their ears perk up. Oh, yeah. And I mean, there's uh, plenty of opportunity to do it. I mean, just between that and, of course, there are so many different either musical events or comedians mm-hmm. or I mean, you could I'm never gonna go down that road but maybe like a kill tony thing whatever you know there's a lot of options there to host events and make it cool and have some fun with it yeah i'd like something small and boxy like cameron indoor too you know you're not talking about something that's a little more intimidating Uh, g raleigh white was fun because it was loud but g raleigh white wasn't um the best seating on the planet no (laughs) no and i think having a place that you know it's completely encircled maybe like a you know, nine, 10,000 seat or, you know, nothing too huge. Yeah. But, you know, something you could pack out and make sound good and look great on TV and create a great environment. Yeah. I think the, the biggest thing you want to try and, and stick with, though, um, is, is probably staying on campus just so the students aren't like having to commute to a, to an event. And I know it's still not that big of a deal, but yeah. when given the option, students won't, I think. Yeah. Um, 
Well, and and I think if you get that going, I have no idea. We'll we'll see how it all plays out. That's but, something so far down the line. I, yeah. I personally, I'd rather see Olsen redone first, which uh, allegedly is the next thing on the docket. If all of the you know, yeah. renderings that have come out, I'm waiting for officially official ones to start circulating, so right. we know what we're getting into. Some of those um, concepts that went around, I don't know who made them, but I thought they were really cool. <laughs> no, I, I love the idea of like kind of a short porch there over there and left that we're kind of seeing similar to like, like Crawford boxes. Yeah. Over, over the, have a bullpen underneath. And, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. yeah. That's an and, outdoor grilling. and Yeah. And I, I think that'd be cool. And personally, I, I love the idea. I know they won't do it because of, you know, X, Y, Z reason. But I love the idea of like putting in a berm over there on the right side. And have that kind of go up and away, so you have free seating on a berm section where section twelve currently is. Actually, make that a berm. Well, I think you start running into issues with that with the actual rail system. So I, I know there's really only so far that they can encroach out there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'd I'd love to see them put a roof over the visitors' bullpen too, and make it not just a you know screeching little liner that gets over a wall that can pretty much shatter somebody's ribs if they run into it sure. but they're not going to ask me so yeah what are I, you I, I just show up and play and have a good time or <laughs> i say play yell have a good time but looking forward to baseball uh, when we eventually get around to that i'm looking forward to talking about it yeah there's, yeah there's, it's a, you know another side sport um mm-hmm. yeah and, and again on the lady side on softball um I think she's got him going in the right direction, Trish Ford. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, we'll just kind of see. But that is – we haven't played basketball yet. So, no, got to get we'll, into we'll shelf that conversation. Unless they start putting out drawings of what they're going to do to Olsen, and then we'll probably spend an entire episode on it. Uh, oh, probably. <laughs> slight chance. But, uh, but, yeah, man. Other than that, you know, it's back to Texas weather. Back to Texas weather yeah. for, for, for a minute, yeah. Yeah, you had your fall. Yeah. Now you're about to get winter. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's going to be that time of year, man. Just still busy. Busy's good. Um, oh, you know, yeah. still still rocking and rolling over with uh, Bach Realty Group. We're as a team, we're really smashing it too. So it's been it's been really awesome because I know the market's tough. Um, mm-hmm. I guess it's just kind of one of those. It's how you approach it. You know, make make solutions, not problems. Right. Exactly right. You know, it's find a, the solutions. Yes. Got to yes, do don't, it. Don't stay problems. You got to find solutions. So mm-hmm. what you guys got coming up? Well, we have three really big shows this week that we're uh, pretty excited for. Uh, so keep an eye and an ear out if you are in any of these locations. Uh, we're heading up to the Colony, north side of Dallas, just south of Fort Worth area. Uh, we're playing at Lava Cantina out there. Um, and all these shows are uh, opening shows for Corey Kent, who's a big time artist right now, uh, cruising along. He's been absolutely killing it just got off of the road with uh jason aldean and was touring okay. with, yeah was touring with him all summer and thanks to one particular song uh he got a lot of additional exposure so that didn't hurt matters thanks jason but um we're sitting we're sitting here now with the opportunity to uh play these shows so we're going to go to the colony up there at lava cantina hurricane harry's college station texas friday night we're going to be there uh on november 10th so this get, Friday, okay. This this Friday, so get well, excited. When's the, when's the cantina? Is that Saturday? Uh, so that's gonna be Thursday. Oh, okay. So we're playing Thursday night Lava Cantina, Friday night Hurricane Harry's. If you are coming after the Harry show, uh, doors open at nine o'clock. We take the stage at ten. We'll be done by eleven. So you know, if you're wanting to be a a good egg, and mm-hmm. and all that fun crap. We're done before midnight, yeah. So by all means, come out here and come party with us first. Oh, but, there you go. And but then Corey Kent afterwards, and he'll close out the night, uh, wrap up about one o'clock, and then we're gonna finish up our run at Sawyer Park in Spring, which is a pretty cool venue. They uh, have a new outdoor section that's very nice, where uh, we will be playing outside, uh, assuming you know weather permitting and everything, but. Uh, yeah, so we got those three shows coming up. Pretty excited for them, and then uh, the next week. Uh, and we'll touch on these next week as well, but we will be up at um, Nacogdoches there beneath the creek uh, over there at that dance hall. Then we will go to Twisted J in Stephenville again. And wrapping up in Lake Hills, Texas, 
uh, we're doing a show with Stony LaRue out there on. Oh, nice. Yeah. So we'll be with Stony LaRue on Saturday in Lake Hills. So get excited for that. If you're in the San Antonio area, would love to have you out. I will actually be in Nacogdoches this Thursday. Nice. Not to play a show, though. I'm looking at three properties to sell them. There you go. So if there's if anybody out there look got any got any kids at uh, uh in school up there, I'm gonna have some properties. I'll be putting on the market up there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no. yeah. So so staying busy. On top of that, yeah, I've got a. It'll be like two kind of regular residential home, like rental type stuff, mm-hmm. and then I've got a one. It's a nine bedroom home. Woo. Yeah, and it's kind of set up almost like a really small sorority house. So mm, that one's yeah. going to be interesting. But, yeah, sure. uh, yeah, so I'm tripping on up to Knack on Thursday. Knack of nowhere. Knack of nowhere, nasty Knack. I mean, <laughs> we've got a lot of different nicknames. Love that little town. Honestly, I've thoroughly enjoyed every time we've been out there. Uh, we've played a few shows there now, and always a great time at Benita Creek. So, Well, and, um, and so we... Uh, so every morning we have like this little huddle type thing. Um, mm-hmm. But, um, but because of that, like I won't be getting on the road. So I'll be getting an Akadosh's about lunchtime and, um, and I'm going to hit up some barbecue in Akadosh's. Mm-hmm. So I'm, uh, I'm very excited. I want to say it was Brendan's. Mm-hmm. Brendan, that sounds right. But somebody told me to go to Brendan's. So if you have another suggestion for barbecue in Akadosh's, please let me know. Cause I'll be up there for lunch. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, just a nice little day trip. Go check out some property, have a little barbecue. So, yeah, sounds like a big win to me. I can't complain about that. So, um, yeah, we're just once again, we're, yeah, yeah maintaining a, maintaining positivity. I might, as best I can, best we can. Yeah, for me, it's actually maybe it's not apathy. Maybe it's just I've, yeah, I finally put things into perspective. So when they suck, it doesn't like it. I don't get mad anymore. I'm like, eh. You can't hurt me. I'm already dead. Like, I have so many other things. Like, this is Saturday. I have other things to do. Like, that's fine. Whatever. Well, and honestly, that was us when we were driving back, right? You know, we drove back from Lubbock and we were cruising along down the highway. I wasn't checking scores or anything until late. It was funny because I was scrolling along on Twitter or whatever, cruising along and I mean, it's like the world is completely falling apart. I looked at the score; it's twenty to fourteen. <laughs> I was that, like, I was that like, checks out. It's like yeah. we're down by six points right now, but yeah, the world's falling apart. Yeah, that checks out. That checks out. That's but I mean, let's face it: A and M fans going off during football games is one of my all-time favorite pastimes to keep up with because everybody overreacts a little hey. bit. A&M Twitter, and here you go. They're not normal men. They're, they're not just, innocent men. Innocent men. <laughs> they're, they're neither. <laughs> Aggie Twitter is, uh, yeah, I, I don't get on Twitter anymore. Um, like yeah. during football games, I I, re- I really don't go on the boards either. Um, unless yeah. something happens in a game that doesn't make sense to me or um, you know, something very specific happens that I want to see some discussion on. But uh, no, otherwise I try and stay off as best I can. Um, you know, maybe, maybe halftime I take a peek and then generally it's just like physically scrolling and you're like, no, I don't no, no, mm-hmm. no, no. And it's okay. Well, this is maybe later. Maybe, maybe later. Yeah. Go back and check the highlights. Well, and I think the perfect test of my patience and, and my willingness to not let it ruin my weekend is the fact that West Ham started at 10, A&M started at 11. Yeah. So at 11, I flipped the TV over to A&M and I pull West Ham up on my phone and it was down one nil or West Ham's down one nil. They go up two one, end up losing three two. And generally that would make me want to throw things. Mm-hmm. But like That's what's a- the point, man? I had like a great Saturday plan. I made chili mm-hmm. for the evening and like I, I thoroughly enjoyed my Saturday, despite all of my sports team's best efforts. Did you put beans in that chili? I did not. That's a good. I am, so I am not a pro or anti bean and the chili guy. Right. I am a if I make chili and I know I'm going to have a lot of people over, I will make beans and you can add them to your chili. Mm-hmm. But huh. I don't like if somebody doesn't want beans, like I don't expect them to go through like a six year old and pick them all out, you know? Mm-hmm. So because there's huh. plenty of people that live on that debate. Oh yeah, and I'm certainly not one of those people. Um, I'll eat it either way. If, if the chili's good, I don't care. I will prefer 
no beans in mind, just as a preference. But once again, I'm not going to sit here and criticize people that do, because it's it's up to your old deal. Yeah, you want to make chili beans? I'm, that's your deal. You want to make straight I'm a, chili? I'm that's no, your deal. I'm a, I'm a no bean guy, but if you make chili and there's beans in it, that's not going to stop me from eating it. Because mm-hmm. if the chili's good, I don't care. Have you ever heard? Um, and this is a little bit of homework for you when you get a chance. Uh, William Clark Green. Put out a live record 2018. That sounds right. Uh, for uh, a live kind of acoustic record they did at Cheatham Street. In that set, one of the songs he has is called The Chili Song. Um, and it's great because he wrote that with Kent Finley, who's a longtime great songwriter in Texas. Uh, unfortunately, passed away like in 2015, 16, around there. But um, he wrote that song and. Uh, it, it it was a fun little song that uh, he got to write. And I want to, I'm trying to remember who for the life of me he wrote it with, but it's really funny. Go check it out. It's on wherever you listen to music, but say, yeah. William Clark Green should be able to find it just about anywhere. Oh yeah. So yeah. William Clark Green, it's called the chili song. Be sure to listen to the intro first and then go into the song itself. But it's, <laughs> it's really funny listening to the debate, but yeah, so little little fun, and he even says in the song as he's singing along to it, "It's meant to be fun, folks." Yeah, some people take it way too seriously, man. Mm-hmm. That's uh, very accurate. But well, everybody enjoy the week, enjoy the weather. It's it's funny. I heard somebody say he's like, "Yeah, it got a little hot over the weekend," and how quickly we change because it was mm-hmm. 115, you know, two months ago. It got up to like 88 this week, and people were like, "Man, it's kind of hot." I'm like, "Excuse me." Yeah, not super hot. I mean, it's warmer than I'd like it to be. Did you forget something? <laughs> it will cool down this weekend, so get ready for another cold plunge, another front. Four months of no rain and 110 plus degree heat, and you think 88 is hot? I'm about to say, pl- for the love of God, please don't give me another summer without all that without rain. God, I need rain. Right. That was rough. Um, yeah, give, give it up in my yard. I think I'm just going to pave it. Yeah, <laughs> my uh, yeah, my water green. yeah water bill was not. Um, I'm not very happy with me, but uh, be sure to follow us along on all of the socials. I know Roy just said he's not really floating around on Twitter, but you can still go follow him there. No, At least not during the games. During the, games. during the games. Yeah. Yeah. During the games. My bad. So go follow him over there. It's Roy, Roy May 15 on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Have the slapper on Twitter. We're both on Instagram. Podcast is both on there and Instagram uh, making posts. Check out everything. Be sure to give us a follow. Share it with your friends. All that fun stuff. Yeah, don't don't forget my YouTube channel, Ribs Real Estate and Ramblings. We had uh, some we had some technical issues, but those will be going back up this week. Uh, yep. Starting this week, we the video corrupted, so they're kind of going up. It's like a podcast on YouTube, but mm-hmm. it'll still be on there. So you can at least still listen. Yes, by all means, get out there and listen to the Triple R. We would appreciate y'all doing so. Um, so we are very excited for a good fun productive week on both of our fronts we'll see how things go in the sport world but we're happy to just be alive and it's still go go pack reed tonight if you're around yeah go pack reed gig them beat the hell out of mississippi state beat the hell out of commerce and corpus christi and corpus christi gig (laughs) them